0: Father of mercies, we worship you, we love you, and we adore you. Father, we thank you for allowing us to gather together today on your Holy Shabbat, for allowing us to uh, enter into worship in relationship. Father, I thank you that we can open your word today and hear from you, receive your voice, and know that you are in our midst. Lord, I pray that as we uh, open up the word today, that you will speak boldly into our hearts and our lives, that nothing of me will be involved except that which you have ordained, specifically for this purpose and that, Lord, you will breathe new life into us as we hear you today. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, Amen. So this week we read Parsha Chayeserah, which is Genesis 23, 1 through 25, 18. The Parsha opened, sadly so, with the death of Sarah at 127 years old. The sages say that the cause of Sarah's death was the grief and heartache of the events of the Akedah. It is suggested that she died while Abraham and Isaac were gone. And that this is why the Torah says in Genesis 23:2 That Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. According to some her death was even perhaps caused by Hasatan. The adversary, the enemy uh, coming to her and telling her that Isaac her only son. Born of her old age did in fact die in the Akedah in the binding of Isaac. The rest of chapter 23 deals with Abraham's efforts to secure a proper burial site for his beloved wife, the cave of Machpelah. Interestingly, Abraham's purchase of the field and cave of Machpelah presents a very important detail about HaEretz Yisrael, about the, the land of Israel. In Bereshit Rabbah, it says uh, that Rabbi Yudan, the son of Rabbi Simon, um, this is one of the three places regarding which the nation, uh, the nations of the world, cannot accuse Israel and say, "You have stolen, the, stolen them." The three places are the Cave of Machpelah, the site of the Holy Temple, and the tomb of Joseph at Shechem. The Cave of Machpelah, as it is written, Abraham weighed to Ephron the silver, the temple. So David caved to Ornan the place uh, for the place six hundred shekels of gold, first Chronicles twenty one, twenty five, and Joseph's tomb. It says Jacob brought uh bought the parcel of land at Shechem, uh for a hundred pieces of silver, uh from Genesis thirty three nineteen. What we see here is that God has begun to provide the means for both spiritual and physical possession of the land of Israel. Long before he had uh, actually provided the fulfillment of the promise to Israel that he gave to Abraham. The promise of the promised land, of the land of Canaan being their homeland. However, today we're going to focus on the key components of faithful prayer as we look at Eliezer. And his, appoint, his appointed mission to find a wife for Isaac. Abraham is, is getting older. His wife has now died and he knows his time is slowly counting down. He wants to see his son marry and begin a family of his own so that the promises of God can continue. So he sends his most trusted servant, Eliezer, the same servant who earlier Abraham believed would become the heir of his estate because he had no children of his own. Uh, back to his family's land to find a suitable wife for Isaac. Abraham makes Eliezer swear that he will never take a wife for Isaac from the Canaanite women and that he would never take Isaac himself out of the promised land to find a, li- a wife. And this is where we find ourselves as we pick up the story in this week's Parsha in Genesis chapter 24. Uh, in particular, let's begin with verse 10. It says, Then the servant took ten uh, of his master's camels and left with all the best of his master's things in hand. Then he arose and went to Aram Naharim, uh, to Nahor's city. Then he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the, well, a water, uh, by the well of water at evening time, the time for the going out to draw water. Adonai, the God of Abraham, my master, he said. Please make something happen before me today and show loyalty to Abraham my master. Look, I am standing by the spring of water and the daughters of, of the men of the city are going out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young woman who, to whom I say, please tip your jars so that I may drink, and she will say, drink, and I'll also water your camels. Let her be the one who uh, you have appointed for your servant Isaac. So by this, I'll know that you have shown graciousness to your master, to my master, not to your master. That'd be awkward. Graciousness to my master. Eliezer has been Abraham uh, at Abraham's side for a very long time now. It is likely that he actually journeyed with him to the land of Canaan. So he has witnessed much of what God has done for Abraham up to this point. I think it's highly likely that Eliezer, uh, who by the way was circumcised along with Abraham and Ishmael as well as all the rest of the household of uh, Abraham's males when God commanded Abraham to circumcise himself and his entire household. Uh, He has witnessed God's faithfulness to Abraham uh, and as a follower of Adonai uh, uh, up to this point. Here in Genesis 23 we see what I have always believed to be one of the most prime examples of trust and faith in Adonai from Eliezer. And keep in mind, Eliezer, as we're looking at this discussion of a person uh, walking out faith in Adonai, we're talking about somebody as we're building to the nation of Israel. We're talking about somebody who's not actually a Hebrew. He's not actually part of Abraham's lineage although he is a Hebrew in the sense that the word Ivri in Hebrew or there in Hebrew means one who is crossed over and it appears based off of especially this text that Eliezer has in fact taken the God of Abraham as his own God and is walking in service and faithfulness to him so after he has been charged by Abraham to leave the land of Canaan and to go find a wife for Isaac in the land of Abraham's family he immediately packs up everything he needs for the journey as well as everything he needs as a dowry uh, gift should his message uh, should his mission be successful. He takes off, and heads out for Haran. Uh, when he arrives in Haran, he just before the time that the well would be open for the day and water would be drawn for each household, he gets the camel to sit, camels to sit and rest while he prays and waits. It is here that we see the first of what I believe to be three key components to faithful prayer specificity. Notice how Eliezer prayed. Genesis 23, verse 12 again. Adonai, the God of Abraham, my master, he said, please make something happen before me today and show loyalty to Abraham, my master. Look, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are going out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young women to whom I say, please tip your jars so that I may drink, and she will say, drink and I'll also water your camels let her be the one who you uh, the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac so by this I'll know that you have shown graciousness to my master he wasn't being coy or invasive in his prayer or evasive in his prayer and request. He knew uh, he was on a mission. He knew that there was likely a high failure rate of this mission because he's going to find, could you imagine being sent to go find a wife for some other dude that that guy doesn't have a say in it and, and your master does not and nobody else has, you're going to find this chick to bring her back. Could you imagine how much pressure there is with that request. He knew he was on a mission. He knew that there was a high likelihood of, uh, of failure on this mission, but he also knew that the, the God of Abraham was the one true and only God and that he has always had Abraham's best interest at heart. He witnessed the miracle of Isaac's birth, the son of promise through whom the covenant promises of God would be fulfilled, and he believed 100% that God could move similarly in this situation. So rather than pray some generic prayer like, God, you know what Abraham sent me here for. Uh, I've come all this way. If it's your will, will you please make my journey successful and show me the woman to be Isaac's wife? Eliezer was instead very specific and detailed. He wanted to make sure he could have no doubts that when God answered his prayer, that it was in fact God answering his prayer. And think about the specificity here. It is said that the journey from Hebron to Quran is about 17 days on foot. So you know that these camels were tired and likely very thirsty. And I don't know if you've done the research before, but a camel can drink about 53 gallons of water in three minutes when they're really thirsty. And there were 10 of them, 10 camels. And he prayed, God... When I approach the girl and ask for a sip of water for myself, I will know without a doubt that this is the one that you have ordained for this purpose. If when she offers me water, she also says, I'll water all your camels too. Then I'll know that it's you moving. Now imagine how much more powerful uh, our prayer uh, lives could be if we could grasp the resource of specificity as a component of faithful prayer. So often when we pray, we are throwing up a Hail Mary. Lord, I am struggling financially. Can you help me here? Lord, so-and-so is really in need of a miracle. Lord, so-and-so is in the hospital. Please heal them. What if we prayed like Eliezer, though? What if we were specific in our prayer and allowed room for God to move in mighty and powerful ways, not only to fulfill our prayers, but to reveal his faithfulness to us in powerful ways? Eliezer didn't throw a Hail Mary down the field and hope for the best. He knew that uh, what he was praying, uh, he knew that he was praying to a God who is real, who is alive, who is active in the world and who works miracles and wonders every single day. So when he prayed, he prayed for a specific miracle. Lord, I will know that you are at work in answering my prayer when I ask a woman to draw me a little water and she offers not only water for me, but to draw 530 gallons of water from my camels without me asking as well. Anybody in the room willing to draw 530 gallons of water out of anything? No. This is such a powerful lesson to learn too because so often we are weak in faith in our own prayer lives. Notice throughout the Besorah, the Gospels, in the book of Acts, we see Yeshua and the disciples praying for healing and we never once see them throw a Hail Mary. They are very specific in their prayers. Be healed. Open your eyes and see. Open your mouth and speak. Lazarus, come out of the grave. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Yeshua. Get up and walk. And many, many more. How much more powerful would it be in our lives and the lives of those who we are witnessing to when we pray very specific prayers and those prayers are fulfilled verbatim? Danielle and I have had this happen in our own lives, and uh, I don't recall the exact amount, but we had a bill due when we were living in Georgia, and uh, that that was uh, that we didn't have the money for, or, or realistically anywhere close to the money for. We prayed for a miracle to occur. We prayed that God would miraculously place the money in our hands and said the exact amount needed. When we got home we were actually at synagogue when we prayed about this on Saturday morning and we get home and we check the mail uh, and, and when we check the mail we find that there's a check waiting in our mailbox from some random lawsuit against the insurance company. Our college in New York had used a cover to cover to insure us and in New York if you're in college they require, the state requires that the college provides um, what in theory should be a secondary insurance but for most college students really is their only insurance plan. Uh, and so our school school had provided us this insurance plan to cover us, uh, but for whatever reason, somehow or another, this insurance company had been overcharging uh, for insurance rates for every school that used them, and there was this weird random uh, class action lawsuit that we knew nothing about that uh, was going on in New York about this situation, and so a Saturday morning, we're sending out, we're praying about this uh, exact amount that's needed, uh, and we're very specific, God, we pray that you miraculously put this money in our hands. We get home, we open the mailbox and here is this check from this lawsuit we knew nothing about for literally to the penny, the exact dollar and change amount needed for that bill. Specificity in prayer isn't about God giving God parameters as though we're putting Him in some sort of box or giving Him rules about how He's going to operate. Instead, it's about giving God room to show Himself faithful to us. We move forward to Genesis 23 verse 15 picking up the, the narrative. Now, before He had finished speaking, Behold, there was Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milchah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother. Going out with uh, her jar on her shoulder, now the young woman was very good-looking, a girl of marriageable age, and she was a virgin. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me sip a little water from your jar. So she said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar onto her hand and gave him a drink. Now, when she finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll also water for your camels until they're finished drinking. Not, I'll pour a little water for your camels. I will water your camels until they are finished. Approximately 530 gallons, keep in mind. So she quickly poured out her jug into the trough, ran back to the well and drew water, uh, and drew water uh, for all his camels. Uh, while the man continued to pay close attention to her, keeping silent in order to know whether or not Adonai had made his way successful. The second key component we see here with Eliezer in terms of faithful prayer is to actually have faith. To trust that God can and will mightily move uh, and powerfully move for us and in our lives. Notice how the Torah says that even before Eliezer had finished praying that God had already begun to answer the prayer as he looked up and there was Rebekah approaching him. As Rebecca came to draw water, Eliezer approached her. I imagine looking like a very tired and worn out traveler, one who today most of us would look like look at and go Nope. I don't know why you're talking to me, I don't know why you're coming up to me, I don't know why you're here. Find somewhere else. He walked up to her looking like a very tired and worn out traveler and simply said, please let me sip a little water from your jar. Let me have a little something to drink. He did try uh, to lead her into, he didn't try to lead her into what he wanted. He didn't try to scam the situation. And he didn't try to make his prayer come true on his own. He simply had faith and trusted God to reveal his fulfillment. Remember, he said, if I approach her for a sip of water and she does all of these other things, then I will know it is you that is moving. And sure enough, as soon as he asked her for a sip of water, almost verbatim to his prayer, she gave him water. And when he was satisfied, she immediately said, I'll draw water for your camels. And this is key. This is a surefire sign of what God is doing here. She could have just drawn some water for the camels to make sure they were okay. But no, she went above and beyond and said that she would draw water until the camels were finished drinking. As a reminder, as I said a moment ago, that's at least 530 gallons of water. As he had 10 camels and each camel can drink up to about 53 gallons of water in 3 minutes. So God was not just fulfilling Eliezer's prayer. He was showing off. And this next part is vitally important in this process. So Eliezer's prayer uh, prayed his prayer with exact and intentional specificity. He wanted to know without a doubt that God was at work in the situation. He also had the faith to ask the girl for water and see what God would do. But he also had the patience and faith to watch discerningly to make sure that the fullness of his prayer was fulfilled. Because if she had simply said, I'll get water for your camels, put a little out and walked away, she would have kind of come close to fulfilling what his prayer was, but not fully fulfilled. So it wouldn't have been God fulfilling that specific prayer verbatimly as he had asked. But instead he discerningly sat and watched the entire process play out to make sure that it was actually God fulfilling the prayer. He didn't want to stop short and potentially have the wrong girl, and he needed to be certain that God had answered his prayer. Verse 20 and 21 says, So she quickly poured out her jug into the, tr- the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew water for all his camels. While the man continued to pay att- close attention to her, keeping silent in order to know whether or not Adonai had made his way successful. Eliezer watched carefully, I imagine still praying for clarity and certainty as he waited to see if Rebecca would follow through and he'd see the fullness of the Lord's answer to his prayers. And after all of his his years of service to Abraham and his witnessing God's moving in Abraham's life, Eliezer had zero doubts about God moving in this situation as well. Midrash Rabbah says, three people were answered by God uh, as their words left their mouth. In other words, before they finished speaking. Uh, Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, Moses and uh, and Solomon. Eliezer, as it is written, before he finished speaking, behold, Rebekah came out. Moses, as it is written in Numbers 16.31, as he concluded saying, all these things, the ground split open. And Solomon, as it is written in 2 Chronicles 7.1, as Solomon concluded praying, the fire descended from the heavens. Unfortunately, far too often, we, uh, we, we pray with minimal faith. Don't get me wrong. This isn't to say that we don't believe God answers prayers. This isn't to say that we don't have faith in the power of God or anything like that. No, we just seem to have a spiritual version of poor self-esteem. We know God moves, but we often doubt He will move in our lives or in this situation. Heck, sometimes we don't even bother to pray because we think We've got this, or we think it's too minuscule of an issue to bother God with. Sometimes we pray for major issues and lack the faith to trust that God can move, or we lack the specificity to allow Him to shock and awe us, to amaze us as He moves. As a young rabbi, and I've still got a few years left uh, to be able to call myself that and to make that claim, I've faced several major crises in which my faith and trust in prayer was pushed to the limits within congregational ministry, especially One such time, and uh, I apologize in advance for uh, putting you on the spot because I definitely didn't run this by you beforehand, uh, but one such situation was when Olivia and Michaela were in their car accident a few years back. Uh, And there was nothing quite like getting that random phone call from their mother, Elizabeth, saying, hey, the girls are being life-flighted to the trauma center in Pensacola. We have no clue what's going on or exactly how bad the situation is. And so we rush in the car. Now keep in mind, uh, we've known Olivia and Michaela since they were little. Uh, they've been a part of the synagogue for seven, eight years now. We have watched them grow up. We have been a part of their life in one way or another for, for, for a long time at this point. And to Danielle and I, as with every child in this congregation, they are more than just children in our congregation. They're a part of our lives and a part of our family. And so getting this phone call that here the girls are being flown by life to a trauma center, um, it, it was a really difficult thing to process. As a matter of fact, I'm in the hospital in the emergency room waiting for information while they're in the back in the, uh, in the, the exam rooms and I go outside and I'm, my, I was calling my dad to let him hey, hey be praying because two of the, the, the girls in our synagogue are in the hospital right now from a car accident and I struggled just getting the words out. Give me a sec. I struggled just getting the words out. That they were in the hospital This time we had just found out that Olivia broke her back uh, We knew that Michaela had snapped her leg Almost basically in two um, and, and I struggled to get the words out Like just processing it was difficult. And they're not even my kids and that kind of, you know, like like Eliana and Natanel. But there was something going on. There was something deeper there. And so uh, it was a struggle. It was a really difficult thing to process uh, as we went through this. And as we find out the extent of the, uh, the situation, and then they both go into surgery. And Olivia's back, as I said, was broken. Michaela's leg was snapped and both had surgery to be put back together again. Thankfully more successfully than Humpty Dumpty. Um, when we prayed as a congregation and, and individually we had complete faith that God was in fact moving in this situation. That he was at work and that he would answer our prayers and, and he did and above and beyond anything we could ever imagine. But that call that, had, uh, that they had been life flighted was heart wrenching and was one of the most difficult things that I had ever had to deal with as a rabbi. And especially because these girls had been a part of our life for so long. But watching how God has moved miraculously in their lives and how you'd never know if you just came across Olivia and Michaela, you would never know what they went through just two or three years ago. You would never know that Michaela, that Olivia, her back was broken and that there was a strong chance that she may never walk again. And yet within six months, she was not only walking, but she was thriving. And Michaela, with her leg broken in a way that many people would never fully recover from, is playing volleyball now. Uh, and is very much thriving and active in life Much like Eliezer as a congregation when we pray for God to move As individuals when we pray for God to move we must have faith To watch for him to do so we must have faith to know that he can And will answer our prayers and we must have faith to wait And watch as he confirms that to us And as difficult as I imagine it was for Eliezer to sit and watch carefully discerning whether or not this was God moving in fact in this situation with Rebecca. I imagine for Elizabeth, for Mikey, and uh, for James, the girl's dad, that waiting there, listening, waiting for a report while the girls are in surgery, us sitting there waiting, listening for a report, the congregation in prayer listening for a report, it was difficult. But we had to have distinct and intentional faith to trust that God could and would do what we believed he can. Yeshua says in Matthew seventeen nineteen through 20, then the disciples came to Yeshua in private and said, why couldn't we drive, out the, drive it out? Talking about the spirits that they couldn't drive out. And he said to them, because you trust so little. Amen, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you moving to chapter 23 genesis 23 verse 22 now after the camels had finished drinking the man took out a nose ring of gold weighing a half a half shekel and two bracelets on her on her hands weighing 10 shekels of gold whose daughter are you he said please tell me is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night she said to him i am the daughter of Bethuel son of Milka whom she bore to Nahor she also said to him there is both straw and plenty of feed with us as well as a room to spend the night then the man bowed down and worshipped Adonai. And he said, Blessed be Adonai, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loyalty and his truth toward my master. As for me, Adonai has guided me in the, in the way to, to the house of my master's brother. And finally, we see the third component of faithful prayer is praise. Especially when we see God's fulfillment of our prayers. Notice, Eliezer didn't wait for any further information. He didn't even wait long enough to find out that Rebecca was in fact a, a distant relative of Abraham and that God had shown even greater blessing than he had ever asked for. Because he prayed with specificity and faithfully waited to see God move, he knew without a doubt that this was Isaac's beshert, a Yiddish word for a, a predestined soulmate. And he knew that God had answered his prayers and the prayers of his master Abraham. He didn't need to wait for anything else to happen. He knew immediately that he was finished. He immediately gave her a nose ring, which is an ancient sign of engagement in the Near East and bracelets symbolizing that she was betrothed to Isaac. Then he, he asked her uh, who her father was and where she was from, at which point he got even further confirmation that God was in fact moving mightily. Then Eleazar praised God with great wonder and amazement. Verse twenty six says, "Then the man bowed down and worshipped Adonai, and he blessed and he said, Blessed be Adonai, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loyalty and his truth toward my master. As for me, Adonai uh, guided me in the way to my house, in the way to the house of my master's brother. He stopped everything. He fell on his knees and he worshipped and praised God for his mercy, for his faithfulness." And for answering his prayers He didn't waste any time looking for further answers He didn't act like Gideon Who in Judges 6 Even with great specificity Asked God for a sign And then after receiving the sign To the exact specifications he prayed for Then went and uh, asked for another sign And after that was met Went and asked for another sign Eliezer was very specific in his prayer The prayer was answered with specificity And was verbatim to what he uh, Had asked for And Eliezer here believed uh, it to be true. And because of this, he immediately gave God all glory and honor. This third component is vitally important to our walk in faith and especially to our prayer lives. What business do we have to ask God to move in our lives and then when he does, we don't pause long enough to give him the praise and adoration he deserves. Who do we think we are acting as such? I think about my own kids who will ask me to get them something, some sort of a toy or a book or or something of the like. And out of love and kindness of my heart, I will fulfill their request and, and give them what they're asking for, only to have them then turn around almost immediately and ask me for more junk. And become ungrateful and or, uh, and 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 act in this sort. They don't stop to say thank you to contemplate on the many blessings they have in their lives and the many ways I provided for them more than they could imagine. Instead, they jump from one request or complaint to another. And, and this is that season, like we're all going through it uh, Whether you're, you're celebrating Hanukkah or you celebrate Christmas or whatever it is We're all going through this season right now If you have little kids, they're asking you for one thing after another You'll be at the store, you'll grab something for them And then they ask you for something like, Look, Hanukkah's right around the corner Every time we go to the store, we have to tell our kids Hanukkah's in just a couple of weeks Give it a break on asking for stuff, trust me We got this, you keep it up, you won't get anything for Hanukkah Because I'm done, this is ridiculous, slow it down Often we do the same exact thing to God. He is our heavenly Father. He loves us more than any of us could imagine loving our own children. It blesses His heart to bless us and provide for us more than it could ever bless my heart to see the joy on my children's face when they open a birthday or Hanukkah gift. But much like young children, we are often ungrateful. We often do not stop to thank Him and praise Him, to simply recognize His goodness in our lives. This third component of faithful prayer may not be a part of the prayer request itself, but honestly, I think it may be far more important than the other two. He deserves all of our praise and adoration, and we must stop and marvel at his glory long enough to offer it up. Early in worship, uh, earlier in worship, we sang the song Waymaker, and the lyrics uh, speak specifically to this, issue, to this issue. It says, you are a waymaker, a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, My God, that is who you are. And here's where I think honestly as believers for most of us, the gut check should come in. Even when I don't feel it, you're working because you never stop working. If he doesn't stop working in our hearts and lives, if he doesn't stop ministering through his Ruach in us, And if he doesn't stop meeting our needs and blessing us above and beyond our imagination, if he doesn't stop meeting our prayer requests, then we must stop regularly and faithfully to worship and praise his holy name. If he is going to continue to meet our needs and to support us and to answer our prayers, we must stop and pay attention, worship him, give him our honor, and give him the glory that is due his holy name. I'd like to go ahead and invite our worship team back up to the stage as uh, I prepare, prepare to close. Again, here in Genesis 23, we see three key components of faithful prayer in the life of Eliezer. One, specificity in prayer. In other words, being clear and concise on what we are yearning for God to do. Like I said earlier, not throwing a Hail Mary downfield, but being specific, clear, and concise and what we are looking for God to do. Number two, faith that God can and will work in our prayer. What point do, is there to praying? What what purpose is there to, 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 to beseeching the name of the Lord if we don't actually believe He can do what we're expecting Him to do? We must have faith that He can and will move in the situation we are in prayer about. And third final We must praise God's answering our prayer. We must take the time to stop, to recognize His glory, to see that He has moved and how He has moved, and worship His holy name because of His faithfulness to us. What does He have to be faithful to if we are not going to be faithful in return? And what's even worse, as we've said with the lyrics of Waymaker, He's not going to stop. Even if we don't realize it, even if we don't take the time to stop and worship He's going to continue to bless us. He's going to continue to pave the way. He's going to continue to meet our needs. But how dare we be so arrogant as to not stop and praise Him for everything He has done. As believers, we have been lazy and lethargic in our faithful prayer lives. Folks, we have been lackadaisical in our faith In our prayer lives and our willingness to stop and give god the praise and glory due his holy name We are all at one point or another guilty of acting more like children than spiritually mature believers I wholeheartedly believe these three components learned from eliezer are not just important but are vital to our spiritual maturity Our discipleship our seeing our prayers answered and especially in our impacting the world around us for the kingdom of messiah Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are faithful to move in our midst, that you are faithful to not only hear our prayers, but to answer our prayers. Father, I thank you that you answer our prayers according to your will and mercy. Lord, I ask that as we uh, continue to walk in discipleship, continue to walk in in faith and a faithful life before you, that you will continue to encourage us and uplift us, that you will continue to reveal truth to us day in and day out that will uh, challenge us, that will impact us for the good of your kingdom, that we will continue to grow and to develop in spiritual maturity. And Father, I pray that you will make uh, every aspect that we talked about today of prayer a vital part of our lives and our walk in faithfulness to you. Even today, as we speak, breathe into us these realities of discipleship right now. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, Amen and Amen.